Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday the 30th of August 2021 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 345. Could feel my jaw crack in there. Didn't do any of my uh, speech therapy uh, exercises there. Always cutting corners these days. Hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. 1638 hours here in London and uh, might be a long show. Wasn't the intention, but there's uh, a lot to cram in. One minor issue that I need to work on is the uh, the new rucksack. Carrying too much weight in that already when I do some shopping after trips to the cafe, and the actual straps are quite loose, and always getting caught on the door as I'm trying to exit. The exit from this flat is never easy because... Obviously, I have to do everything on the antechamber in the hallway, i.e. the mat, the doormat, indoor doormat. The shoes never come off the indoor doormat, though there was a, an unfortunate development there on that front today. And I've caught the bag a couple of times now and pulled a, a stitching or two on the new bag. So I do need to work on my uh, exit Hard swallow there early. Feeling a bit run down, which uh, might explain the shocking hygiene fail a couple of hours ago when uh, I'd got in and I wasn't carrying too much. I'm just quite tired, had a bit of shopping in the rucksack and uh, the stuff I'm working on from the cafe and then one shopping bag, forgotten to take one of my, uh, well, so-called bags for life, more like bags for a few months, 20p a shot, quite pricey. And uh, I just thought, well, I'll transport the shopping right away straight into the kitchen so there's no bag placement on the hallway so I don't have to clean the hallway afterwards with an anti-back wipe, which are pretty valuable. And I was following this and all of a sudden, as I tried to remove my trainers on the doormat, suddenly, I think it was my left shoe just stepped on the carpet. Hasn't happened since I've been here. I think that's the first time that's happened. And I hope it's not the start of something. I hope it doesn't indicate that there might be something wrong with me beyond just feeling a bit tired today. So how did I deal with it, you're asking? Well, I started off with some shake and vac. Then I hoovered, followed then by an antibacterial wipe. Now, with a shake and vac, you don't hoover straight away. You leave the shake and vac on there for about five minutes. Then you bring out the hoover. I've also got, I've forgotten what it's called, vanish. That's it. I've got Vanish. Normally when I use Shake and Vac, I hoover and then I'll return with the Vanish. The Vanish is very expensive though, so I only tend to use that when workmen have been in the flat. And uh, then I hoover again, but not today, just an antibacterial wipe after the Shake and Vac. With Vanish, you have to leave it on the carpet for a couple of hours, just feeling a bit uh, frail 
today. As I was last Tuesday morning when an email made it into my inbox relating to whether I wanted to be a podcast mentor, I can't abide Americanisms, you know that. And for me, anyone that sees themselves, okay, as one of these, I'm not going to say the word again, or, well, I might do just to finish off the anecdote, or um, wants to be one of these, or would like to be one of these pretentious people in their lives, or would sorry, would like one of these pretentious people in their lives. These people should be placed on some big reservation with good WC facilities. I'm a decent guy at heart. Wouldn't want them to be experiencing any uh, discomfort on that front. But I'd have them placed on some big reservation where they can all stay and mentor each other until their earnest, try-hard, farmer market-loving hearts are content. When they're done with the mentoring, maybe we can find a test that can demonstrate whether they have indeed exhausted their layers of mentoring, and if so, they can be reintroduced to society. My friendship with with a, an old friend who actually used to contribute some stings to Please Don't Hug Me around 2010 hasn't quite recovered from the day that she told me that uh, she does some mentoring. Uh, I just thought, look, you you know me well enough not to tell me that, or if you're going to tell me that, use a different word. There's got to be an equivalent UK English word. My week online bank chat continuing since the 12th of August, finally resolved two days ago. The bank, a high street bank, absolutely awful to deal with. It's just something that could probably have been resolved in person within five or ten minutes having to use this live chat and being disconnected regularly, being disconnected when I was phoning up as well. And at the end, I think of last, uh, whenever the 24th was, I think that was Tuesday. Keep smiling, said the live chat guy that night. Well, maybe I will if I ever come off this live chat, I typed back. Three days later, there was no record of a reference number that he told me would go with my complaint. There was no record of a complaint being filed. So I thought, well, this has gone on for another four days and I just pushed for more compensation than they were offering originally, which I got. It wasn't much more, but I thought, well, this has gone for another four days. I'm going to take these guys for what I can get and at least cover my coffees for the week. It took 17 days and more hours than I care to get this sorted. And and things like that are things that don't do me any favours in terms of uh, finding a way to unwind. I can feel I didn't wear the mouth guard last night and uh, I must have been clenching because the inside of my mouth feels very sore. And uh, that tells me I've just been biting hard through the night. I can't even remember my dreams. I had some dreams and I should have logged them down to tell you guys. I can't remember them though. Very vague on that front. Horrible story to tell you now. Friday night, the steak, a budget steak from Lidl. I think the mistake that I have been making with steak sometimes, because this is the second time it's happening. Now, I've become quite hardy the last year because, you know, I'm living alone and sometimes I don't particularly want to cook. So, for example, I've had steaks that have been three or four days past the expiry date. I've checked with my aunt. She says, you're okay to have that. It's fine as long as it doesn't smell. And I've had it and nothing's happened. And I've done that with some pies, etc. Various things. I've taken risks that I wouldn't have taken a few years ago. But I opened this steak on Friday night. It was only a couple of days out of date. The fridge wasn't smelling at all. And suddenly I, as I, as I peeled back the wrapping on the steak, it was just, well, that 
doesn't smell too clever. But, you know, it's cost me whatever it cost me. I think it was about two pounds. I'm a writer. I don't want to be just throwing away meat. I'm not in a position to throw away meat or throw away any food, to be fair. And uh, I thought, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lightly fry this and see what happens. As I was frying it for 10 minutes, turning it over regularly, and I diced up an onion and chucked it in there and uh, added some chili sauce, and it just wasn't smelling great. And I was thinking, that's that's not a good smell. I'd already put the bins out that day. And I, you know, once I put the bins out, because I'm on the top floor and... You know, when you when you live on a top floor and you live in a building that's full of residents, the chances are when you're putting your rubbish out, you're going to be running into other uh, tenants, homeowners, etc. You're going to need a small talk. Weak point with me. And I don't really like small talking when I've got a bag of rubbish that I'm about to put out and, you know, have a lot of fruit. You're worried, particularly in the summer, that, you know, the bin might be smelling a bit if you've got a lot of fruit in there and you haven't been out yet. I, I put the bins out once a day. But I knew on Friday the chances were, once I smelt this steak, that I was going to have to go back out there again specifically to put that steak out. I thought, I'm going to try it. Finished, um, you know, I like my steak medium rare, he said as if he uh, eats steaks regularly. And sometimes I like them rare. And I cut into this and it was more it veered more towards the rare but I thought because of the smell you know this is a bit of a risk here so I might need to cook it some more and uh, I just thought I'd swallow they just thought I'll I'll, I'll cut a bit off the end here see how it tastes stuck it in the mouth straight into a tissue I you know even I knew that that steak could not be eaten that two pounds was you know it was just gone down the drain it was a waste of money, but uh, you know the idea of food poisoning, knowing how difficult it is for me to vomit historically. Um, I'm grateful that I haven't had to for, for years, actually. That's how careful I am with food because I'm not one of these guys who can just uh, be sick if they need to be sick. I find it really, really difficult. I'm sure there are people, I don't think there's anyone out there who likes being sick. I'm just saying I find it really difficult physically to do that, to to stick your fingers down your throat and, you know, to be hunched over a bowl. And, uh, you know, it's happened to me before at a friend's house. And of course, you go in there, they've got kids and you don't know how clean that bowl is for a start. And if you watch films or, you know, someone's being sick, one of the characters in a film is being sick or a TV show, they're leaned over the bowl, they're handling the bowl. I don't do that. I'm not touching a toilet bowl. So I'm almost like an amputee just leaning over the bowl and just lifting up one arm to stick two fingers down the throat. So it's a, it's a moment that I can do without. Anyway, I made the sensible decision, lived to fight another day, binned the steak, just emptied out a spray can on the bin in the kitchen. The, the, the smell had crept into the hallway. I, I closed the bedroom door. I didn't want to be sleeping with that smell in there. And I this was about what, 19.30 hours on Friday evening, every hour for the rest of that night I was having to come in. Well, every time I was going back into the kitchen, it was like I'd smelt the smell all over uh, all over again, even, uh, for the first time. And I'd spray even more. And I left one spray in the kitchen and one spray can in the hallway. I was opening the windows at the back of the flat. I thought, this is, uh, you know, this is just bad. If I was to smell that smell again, I think, 
that I would probably become a vegetarian. The only reason I'm probably not a vegetarian is I imagine it requires a bit of work, you know, a bit of creativity in terms of what you're going to eat. And I just don't really put the time in or I'm not willing to put the time into, you know, to to food. It's like if you stick something, for example, if you stick something in the oven and it takes 30 minutes to make and, you know, you're dicing up veg, etc., and I'm a quick eater. I'll eat it in 10 minutes. So I always think, well, it took me about 30, 45 minutes to make. It's finished in 10 minutes. It's not worth it. I'm a microwave guy. You know, with a microwave, at least my meals last longer than it takes to heat them up in the microwave. But obviously, if I'm doing a, you know, if I'm making uh, meat, cooking meat rather, you know, I'll be using the oven for that. Uh, the the hobs. And uh, pies tend to go... Actually, no, I'm thinking about a pie tonight. I know now that that can go in the microwave, though that does increase the chances of breakage. But if I ever smell that smell again, I think it might get me thinking, well, I mean, I hadn't eaten steaks for years. It's something I've only started doing in the last sort of six, seven months because with the running, I've lost so much weight and I just wanted to try and bulk up a bit. But uh, I don't want to smell that smell again. It is a horrendous smell. It smells like death, which I guess is what meat is, isn't it? It is dead. It's a dead animal. And there's that fine line. If you leave it in your fridge for too long, it's going to smell like that. Now, I think if I'd have bought that meat, say if I bought it at some point and I just had four days to eat it before it expired, it would have been okay. I think the fact that I bought it really early, I bought it about two, two and a half weeks ago. So it's been in the fridge for a long time which is why my aunt on Saturday when I saw her told me that I should just freeze steaks and then, you know, defrost them the day before I'm going to have them. And I think that's what I'm going to do now. In fact, I know that's what I'm going to do because that's what I did as soon as I got in on Saturday and sprayed some more afterwards because the flat still smelled. I stuck the steaks that I had left in the uh, freezer. But it's uh, it's just a horrendous smell. Anyway, as I was saying, I bought the steaks. I bought that steak about two and a half weeks previous and I hadn't eaten it I just thought well I've got plenty of time to eat it but I guess that really you should aim to eat the steaks if they're just in your fridge if you've not frozen them you should aim to eat it that week rather than sitting on it long term as I did for about two and a half weeks I think that's where um, that's where I uh, I went wrong and I got up at midnight I walked into the kitchen I didn't need to walk into the kitchen for that smell to hit me. And I just thought, no, the the bin's got to go out tonight. I left the windows open. There was no chance of, well, there was less chance of running into any resident when I was uh, putting the bin out at that time. That's the first time I've gone out that late in years to put a bin out. And I just got rid of that thing. It was a horrendous smell. Could still smell it on Saturday, aired the flat good and proper and uh, hopefully lesson learned again. It is, um, it's a bank holiday here, which I'll come to uh, in a moment, but it does mean that uh, pretty much everyone in the building is away again today. It's a bit like living in North London where, uh, you know, I think the thing about South London is you get more people in South London who are actually from London and live in London all the time. But in North London, you tend to get a lot of people with second homes. And uh, as soon as there's a bank holiday, they tend to just, uh, you know, bugger off for the weekend. That's what this place is like, except it's in South London, which uh, means that I'm going to have to put the bins out again today, as I had to last week. And there's always someone just filling the bins up to the top. This week, what I've done 
figuring that it was going to be me who has to put the bins out again. I've put all my own rubbish in a separate bin that people don't really use just to ensure that the bin that does get filled up isn't as heavy as it was last week because on Tuesday morning I was feeling the weight from that really heavy bin last week on the lower back. It's not easy to to get those bins when they're that full down the, uh, the, the steps. I'm going to head out for a run after this. It's 16.54 hours right now. Did uh, an 11K on Friday, though the app is still playing up. And originally told me it was 23K, but prior to it telling me it was 23K when I finished my run, and I will never run 23K, I know that. I saw that it was registering 11K, which I think was fairly accurate. And then as I try to uh, fix the GPS, so, you know, I I only use, if I can get the words out, I only use GPS for running. I don't get tracked in any other way, as far as I know, via my phone. And as I try to fix the GPS, every time I was fixing the GPS, it was knocking down my run. It was knocking it down to nine. Then it knocked it down to seven, then down to five. And I thought, well, look, I know that the route that I do on a Friday is between 10 and 11k. I just wish I could see it on the phone. I've done another reinstall, uninstall, reinstall and uh, restore data thing that uh, Runkeeper were telling me via Twitter. There's a guy there who does their social media support. He's pretty good to be fair, but it's just a bit frustrating that I don't really have a reliable means of recording my times and uh, also the that damn armband. I'm on my, I think, fifth armband now. And this one, I spend about 300 meters on average now at the start of every run trying to thread the armband through and secure it on my arm. It's just an absolute pain. So it's a bank holiday, as I said a few minutes ago. It's a bank holiday here. And I just think it's pointless. I keep saying this about the bank holidays. We need to space them out better in this country. And I think we would benefit mentally from them. Because look, what are people gaining from today's bank holiday? We've had no real summer. We had that heat wave in July, brief heat wave. August has been a disaster. More rain than I think at any other time previously recorded. So Do we need a bank holiday today? I do think we would gain so much by having a couple of bank holidays in the winter. Imagine how nice it would be to have a bank holiday just before that manic Christmas countdown. Weather-wise, it's not going to be that much worse than it is here in London, uh, in the UK today. Very cloudy, very grey. I wore three layers today. A couple of weeks ago, I was able to go out in a T-shirt. I don't think November time... You know, early to mid-November, I don't think that's going to be too – I don't think it's going to be much worse than today. We don't really need today's bank holiday. Let's – you know, it's not happy hour, as I said on Twitter this morning. It's not happy hour, and we just seem to cram all our bank holidays into the summer like a – happy hour in a really tacky pub when we've got 12 months of the year. And I think that as people in this country, given how long and gloomy our winters are, I think we would benefit from a couple of bank holidays, particularly one before Christmas. I think it would be enormously positive, a positive development for us. Uh, Moving on, on Friday, I think it was, I noticed a long-standing Brixton Butchers 
just before going into the market has now added baby clothes to its products. Now I'm all for businesses evolving and diversifying to survive the the onslaught of the gentrifiers, but hanging baby clothes as these guys have directly above raw meat. I don't know. Visually, I don't think that really works. And I don't understand who's going to go to the butchers. First of all, I don't understand anyone who goes to that particular butchers because it is rough. I don't know who will go to that butchers, though, buy a steak and then actually think, uh, well, you know, now that I'm here, why don't I take that baby grow outfit too? Might as well. It just doesn't work for me. It does remind me of the first time I experienced a, a development like that that just didn't look right in a, in a shop. And it was a shop next to my old college on Wandsworth Road. I've probably told this uh, anecdote before. It was just a grocer's. And then one day I, I, I went in there. I can't remember what I was trying to buy. And I wandered into an aisle and suddenly they were doing clothes. And it just it didn't make any sense. And that's what uh, this Brixton butchers reminded me of on Friday. Episode 345 of Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Sweating the small stuff every Monday. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607 Facebook.com forward slash DRT. Available all the work at DanielRuizTyson.com. And there is the Patreon page, of course, that keeps this show alive. Sign up at Patreon.com forward slash DRT. Available a new tier on there, as I mentioned last week, the all-in-one. And there is a, a Patreon exclusive of my When Shorts Were Short retro football podcast coming out this week an interview with former Liverpool star all-time Liverpool great Steve Nicol the Scottish uh, defender stroke midfielder one of the most versatile players the English game has ever seen a a terrific player so underrated it was really good uh, to speak to him and the interview looks at the 91-92 season a troubled season for Liverpool the uh, impact of Hillsborough catching up on an ageing team, Kenny Dalglish had resigned as manager. Graham Souness had come in. Loads of injuries. It was the season that uh, proved to be the final nail in the coffin as uh, Liverpool's two-decade domination of the English game came to an end. And that episode is exclusive to patrons. If you want to upgrade your tier or if you're interested in this episode, then it's the all-in-one tier that you need to sign up for at patreon.com forward slash DRT. Available. Appreciate all you guys who are supporting the show. There's not many of you, but uh, it does make the difference during these difficult times. And uh, I appreciate the, uh, the, the support. I've got another parcel for a neighbor. Now, uh, came on, um, I think it came on Friday. Can't put it through his door because it's an alleyway. I have to go through an alleyway and I think that front door of theirs actually leads onto a patio. I don't know the layout of that side of the building. This is the same guy that I first met last week. So I don't know. Maybe the postman is uh, is aware that I've been isolating on my own for such a long time and is just trying to help me make new friends. The guy is affable enough. I had to drop him an email to say a uh, package has arrived for you. I just left it in the communal hallway, but once I'd sent that message, I figured, well, I ought to take ownership of the parcel in case someone else takes it, and I've been the one to email him, and uh, we don't know where the parcel is. I mean, not to say that someone else within the building would take it um, without the intention of contacting them to say, I have your parcel, 
So uh, I took the parcel in. He emailed me back on Saturday evening. He's away until tomorrow. So a bit of time for me to um, work on some small talk. I might use the anecdote or whatever it is, this light-hearted remark I've just made on the show about perhaps the postman is aware that I've been isolating for a long time and is just trying to help me make friends with uh, new people might use that you tell me maybe if that uh, if that worked for you if it did anything for you and if you think that that is what I should uh, try with the neighbor tomorrow when he emails me so I can drop off his uh, parcel on the book front, another hard swallow. I'm a few pages away from finishing Blood and Ice Today by Robert Marcello. Marcello or Maceo? Maceo sounds Spanish. It is spelt in a Spanish way. And uh, an engrossing book, filthy library book pages, lots of old school return dates going back a decade in the inside cover, but a really, really good book. Not normally my kind of thing, although it did have some flashbacks to the early Victorian era, which play a part in the book. The blurb for it, when journalist Michael Wilde is commissioned to write a feature about a remote research station deep in the frozen beauty of Antarctica, he is prepared for some extraordinary sights, but on a diving expedition in the polar sea, he comes across something so extraordinary to be almost unbelievable, a man and woman chained together deep in the ice. The doomed lovers are brought to the surface, but as the ice begins to thaw, the scientists discover the unusual contents of the bottles buried behind the pair and realise they are all in terrible danger." I mentioned last week I was about to start the book. I mentioned I wasn't too keen on the uh, title, and I, I stand by that. But it's a, it's a good book. I've enjoyed it. I'd certainly like to read more of this guy's work. Let me give you my nectar points. Man, this is a long show. All right. Several receipts there. But my latest visit to Sainsbury's, I think it was the Nine Elms Monster. That was on the 27th of August at 14.02 hours. Opening balance of 236. Bought some yogurt, uh, crackers, eating quite a lot of crackers at the moment. Some semi skim long life milk. It's all long life milk right now. Uh, what's that? I'm not sure what that is. 150 grams of something. I don't know what that is. Bought some more sugar-free hauls, bought uh, two single oranges for 60p. Eating a lot of bananas as well right now. Bought, uh, I think, uh, bought two for 27p. I hope that was two. I, I don't like to pay more than uh, 15p for a banana if I can help it. And I bought uh, a steak and kidney pie for 75p. Total expenditure came to £6.53, giving me uh, six nectar points and a new points balance of 242. I can work with that. I think there's time to get to 500 before uh, before Christmas, right? What's next? I think it might be the Star Wars football results. Yeah, not many Star Wars football games in the last week. Just been reading a lot and trying to trying to rest. And uh, my runs in the evening have really come in the evening. I, I think I probably need to get back into the habit of going early because with winter coming, I don't really want to be doing that on road running that I was doing last uh, winter. You know, wearing some high-vis vest and hoping that's enough to keep me safe. Uh, it's uh, been League Cup week in Star Wars football. The rest of the results, two more games to bring you. The 24th of August, uh, the clash between the two strongest sides at the moment, at least in the league, Empire and Bespin, both have uh, 
bit of a history with them in the Silver Age. They've met in the Christmas Cup in uh, both uh, in the run up to both Christmases since the Silver Age has been back one apiece. Their empire last year avenged their defeat of 2019 on their way to lifting the Christmas Cup. This was the League Cup. Both sides playing watered down versions of their regular teams. A late goal for no a second half goal. It wasn't a late goal. It came on 19 minutes. The games are 15 minutes each way. Bosk's seventh of the season. Uh, downed Empire, Besbin uh, going to Cloud City with a 1-0 advantage over Empire. The second leg, I think, is in a couple of weeks' time. And uh, last night, a gap of five days. Been a long week, a gap of five days. And then um, X-Wing travelled to second division Moncala and beat uh, beat uh, the... Uh, Moncala. What word am I looking for there? They beat Moncala two goals to nil. A goal from IG88, the bounty hunter. That's his fourth of the season. And another goal for Red Shadow, his third this season. Uh, Man of the match for the enigmatic action force figure. So I'll just give you, uh, see if I can remember. I think I can remember most. Well, it's only four games to remember. So Tatooine had beaten Hosnian Prime 4-0 last week in the first leg at Hosnian Prime, the other second division club in the draw. And it was a game that was overshadowed by the injury to uh, Mr. Orange, the action force. Figan Hoth, the holders had beaten Rebels 1-0 at home. That's Hoth's home. They'd beaten them 1-0. And that game's in the balance. So uh, at the moment, it's Tatooine, Hoth, Bespin and X-Wing in the... Uh, in the driving seat. Okay, right, let's uh, move on. Still quite a bit to go. I'm just looking at my notes here. This is a very uh, long show. I don't, well, hopefully that's not a bad thing for you. I'm just wondering what time I'm going to get into the park. Still got to do the bins as well. Visited some friends last Thursday that I hadn't seen for a long time. Really enjoyed it. And um, it just told me, here we go. Sound of South London coming. There we go. Let them through. At least they maintained the siren, didn't they? There was none of this just turning it on for two or three seconds and wrecking the show. I can live with that. Visited some friends I hadn't seen in about eight years. The last time I'd actually seen them was at the funeral of another friend's mum. And, uh, you know, I've just been lying low for years because of my own personal situation and not wanting to see old friends and let them know that things hadn't really improved for me it's not a conversation I like to have but now I'm figuring that in terms of my living situation I'm stuck with that and if I keep trying to avoid old friends the ones I have left until I can maybe bring them some more positive news then I don't think I'm going to see these people for a long time so I think it was a positive step on my part just to re-engage with these people and I had a really enjoyable evening it was a bit of a trek to get there, not helped by the fact that for an hour I was standing at the wrong bus stop. It's one of those London buses, a single decker, that it just does the same route over and over again, as I think all buses do. But I thought I had to board at a certain bus stop. In fact, that was the termination bus stop. The starting bus stop was across the road. And the driver was trying to tell me something because he wasn't letting me board. So I had to go around the other side to his window and he told me, I said, look, I, I don't know this bus route. You're going to have to explain to me what's going on, which he did. And then finally, I had to wait another 10 minutes before the bus turned up to take me uh, towards Merton. 
So uh, I arrived there two and a half hours after I'd actually left the flat, but I enjoyed it. I was back home within about 30 minutes, obviously no traffic close to midnight, but uh, really enjoyed uh, seeing everybody. I noted that at Mitcham, it's, I don't know whether it was some scheme for that bus route, but uh, a bunch of people boarded at Mitcham, all drinking on the bus, which I think is uh, very unsociable. Let's move on to the cafe now. Well, the cafes, obviously, because I've got that Tuesday cafe thing going on at the minute. And the day before the cafe reopened, after its uh, nine-day summer break, I went back to the cafe I'd been to on the Monday the previous week to try and... No, not the Monday. It was the Tuesday the previous... No, it was the Monday because the cafe had closed. Let me... um, Hopefully you're not as confused as I got there. I saw two cafe regulars in that alternative cafe, uh, refugees from the cafe as I am, two pensioners, long-time regulars at our cafe. The woman wears those 70s classics, the tinted glasses. We never acknowledge each other in the cafe, so I figured we wouldn't acknowledge each other in this place. They clearly recognise me and I recognise them. There was a, a Saturday during Euro 2016. I once gave up a table in there that afternoon when they wandered in with a larger congregation of myself and another friend switched to the toilet table. That's the only time that we've spoken. Never built on that exchange. There was no real need to. So uh, I just uh, figured, well, it makes no sense to say hello to them here when we don't even hello when we see each other every day in the cafe. There was another complicated latte order on my part. You know, I've been wary of having another darkish uh, latte in there. They'd given me a side of milk the first time I went in there. And time, time, time. So uh, I kind of mangled my order up. I said a latte, a milky one. And then I heard her say uh, Americano with milk. No, not Americano with milk. It's just I want a latte, but I want it milky. You know, that's the kind of latte I like. They didn't seem too sure this was a different woman to the one the previous week, although the other woman was there as well. This one was a bit older. And uh, she just brought me over my tall glass half full and then the milk separately so I could put in all the milk and then she said I don't think that's going to be enough milk for you she brought me another small jug of milk over and I thought to myself at that point well that's nice of them but if I was to come to this cafe regularly with these sides of milk they'll end up pushing their prices up for everyone just to cover their milk costs and I'm not going to be too popular in here lack of common sense on my part I had to source a cover in the second jug of milk the warm milk to protect it from dust and retain heat and the saucer fell there was a loud clatter uh, clatter even on the table head turning audio the kind that I don't like should have gone for the paper napkin coverage which I did in the end again just another example of uh, the common sense that I so lack the the woman with the shades ordered a coffee with brandy second time around it's the only thing I miss about alcohol and that's the smell of a brandy untainted by a, a soft drink. Daffy Duck, another cafe regular, elderly woman who speaks like Daffy Duck, basically. She was also in there. She's, I think she's had her eyes done like Jurgen Klopp. She's no longer wearing her glasses. And I can't see the tail or the telltale. What is wrong with my diction this afternoon? I can't see the telltale eye bag signs that are usually sported by those who wear contact lenses so I have a feeling that she's had some surgery the eyes were quite 
striking. As I was poised to leave, I put my change for the latte on the table to cool down rather than keeping it in my hand. Had I handed the change over a still warm, you know, the woman would have known that a lot of thought had gone into that, uh, getting the correct change for the coffee plus the uh, slightly tight tip. And uh, the tip placement, the tall glass return, complicated by the Perspex COVID screen on the counter. The, the you know, I tried to do that noble thing of uh, bringing the tall glass back to the counter, but it was too tall to get under the Perspex screen. So I had to, had to lean it forward. It became rather messy. Next time I won't do it. And I think I'm going to be in there tomorrow because the cafe is closed on Tuesdays, of course. Wednesday. Finally, after 10 days, back in the cafe, 10 days that felt like a month, 1,500 hours dead on I was in there. I figured that given I wasn't arriving until the afternoon, I wouldn't ask the waiters if the opportunity arose. I wouldn't ask them if they'd had a nice break until the following day because, you know, it was the first day back. That's all the small talk they would have been getting. How was your holiday? How was your break? They would have been tired of giving the same answers. By the afternoon, they wouldn't have wanted to repeat themselves. I sat once more at Not Mick Fleetwood's table. There was a slightly B.O. smell lingering there, B.O. quality to, to, to that table that afternoon, which jumping to conclusions I thought might be traced to him. The staff looked lively. They were laughing and joshing with each other, happy at being with one another again. The, the uh, Their holidays, the break from the place had clearly done them good. I made sure I didn't small talk with the waitress again since returning after dragging the last exchange out a couple of weeks ago and then noting her painful attempts to bring it to an end, I don't want her dreading to get into an exchange with me. Hopefully, one of the long-established waiters might have said to her at some point, hey, he never used to talk to us. He's okay. He's just, you know, he's not a natural raconteur. Sometimes he'll go on too long. Sometimes he's too short. Like a podcast, you know, there's no consistent length to his exchanges. Hopefully, someone might have had that kind of conversation with her. The late owner's son, the uh, de facto owner nowadays, brought over a, a coffee for me, my first coffee, the right shade of coffee, strong but not too strong, milky. I can tell who makes me the coffees. I could rank the waiters every week, I think. In fact, I might start doing that for the show. Mr. Tricolor and his style over substance lattes, he'd come last every week right now. I really don't enjoy his coffees. They're just too weak. Seb Kay or Phil Collins, I think, would battle it out for the title. The little illustrated man, he'd probably nail down a Champions League place. The de facto owner, he'd be in there as well. He makes good coffee. On my way back from the cafe that Wednesday evening, I'd taken a trip to the library afterwards, you know, was just uh, feeling good at being back in the cafe. I thought, well, you know, I don't want to go home yet. I'll go and have a browse in the library, called them up and uh, went into the library, South Lambeth. Got a couple more books out. And uh, on my way back home, I saw a woman struggling onto the bus with a suitcase. Now, in this pandemic era, you don't feel you can do the chivalric thing and lift the suitcase for them, or say it's a you know a shopping trolley for an elderly woman. It's just a technically it's a bubble breaking maneuver, and I don't really know where people stand on that, whether they would welcome it or not. So I, I didn't help her on with the suitcase. Thursday, back in the cafe, late morning, Argentina seventy eight. He of the indecent shorts. If there's any sun, he'll turn up in those kind of high seventies, early eighties shorts, the type of which my dad used to wear. And he's a very hirsute man, always very tanned. 
always very tanned, despite uh, despite being British. He's uh, quite a swarthy-looking guy. He arrived with his wife, ordered breakfast, shook hands with another regular, didn't wash them afterwards. Handshakes have clearly returned, haven't they? I'm seeing them in football too. I couldn't see what he ordered for breakfast, but Argentina 78 had clearly not got everything he needed. He went up to the bar just after his breakfast arrived, probably aware Phil Collins can take things like this personally, and he asked for the black pepper he'd already requested. I think her back was up because she'd probably rather he have requested it from the table rather than go to the counter, which visually suggested he wasn't happy with the service. And uh, she was quite sullen when she returned to the table with the black pepper seller. Argentina 78 tried to put a light spin on things. It's okay, no one died, he said to her, but uh, clearly uh, she didn't agree with that and he was unable to defuse the palpable tension. Meantime, early Jim came past me, gave me a left, uh, well, no, right shoulder tap. It was my right shoulder, but his left hand and uh, flash that smile of his. His hair is growing out, so like me, clearly he's someone who hasn't been to the barbers for a while. He normally has a two all over. That's the longest I think I've ever seen his hair. I figured as he'd, you know, as he'd acknowledged me pre-urinating, we didn't need the post-urinating greeting. And uh, after 13 months exile from the cafe, I'm just a little rusty on the old routine. I do feel a little vulnerable. I do feel a bit exposed at not mixed table. I miss my old corner, the toilet table, but you know, it's gone. This is the new world. I have to deal with it. And uh, that table that I'm at now in the winter, you know, that, that heater, it's got one or two heaters, that table, one or two heaters in the cafe. The cafe can be a cold place. It's much sought after, but it can also, you know, it's just, uh, it can get a bit uncomfortable there. You're just having one side of your body warmed up. The other side just remains cold. On Friday, the French girl with the specs was back in unmasked this time uh, when she was in there a couple of weeks previous, just before the cafe closed for their holidays. She kept the mask on until her drinks and food turned up, feeling uh, itchy throat at the moment. think I'm going to cough. Might have to pause this. She clearly likes the place. Not sure if she's on holiday or whether maybe she's just moved to the area, whether she works in the area, wore her sandals again. It was a bit cold for that. I didn't stare at her feet once I noticed that she had the sandals. I I didn't want to notice any hard skin on the soles. If there was any, I always avoid the foot visual with women. She ordered a starter of some soup and then a lunch, which uh, included a chicken escallop. Lunch is in. Portuguese cafes are massive. Just be mindful of that. If ever you find yourself in one, I'm going to have to pause this. I've got a cough coming. That's the coffin out the way, hopefully. Not feeling too clever today. We'll see what happens on that front. Just thinking it's uh, coming up to 17.23 hours now. I'm going to stick a pie in the oven while I'm out for a run. And I think it needs to be done on six. Gas mark six. If I'm out for a run, I might just put it on three. That should work, shouldn't it? I'm bad with numbers. That makes sense to me. Does it make sense to you? I'm not sure. Hopefully it does. So uh, I was in there on Saturday morning too now. I've got my um, hunger back for the early Saturday morning visit. And I was first in on Saturday, thought the fishers might be there and I'd still myself to lead on the greeting. And, you know, the greeting that I finally got off the ground after 17 years in early 2018, but they weren't there. 
The late owner's son was, he, he turned up late, he looked a bit tired. I was in there for 11, 25 hours this morning as well. For the first time since my return, there was no hand wash in the loos. I had to go to the loos downstairs to wash my hands. I, I told one of the waiters, I think it was Phil Collins, I said to her, there's no uh, soap in the loos behind the swing saloon doors. I don't think she either didn't understand or she didn't care. And uh, just um, just um. As I was waiting to be allowed into the cafe, because, you know, they've got that NHS uh, code thing. Yeah, you're meant to stand in this uh, queue and wait until they bring you in and ideally, uh, you know, have your app on. Nobody uses the app and you're, you're meant to scan the QR code. I don't understand too much about that. And even if I did, I'm not using it. And uh, one of the cafe regulars there, the guy who told me, who asked me if I wanted to uh, go halves on a mortgage with him back in 2015 after we'd only spoken a couple of times. He was telling me, look, you're a regular, you know, he's a North African guy. He was telling me, just come in, uh, you know, that that message there's just for people they don't know. I thought, well, I don't think that is the official line. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to follow instructions here, which are clear. Just wait here. Well, uh, except a bit about um, downloading the NHS app. So I waited until I was called in. Phil Collins said to me there was space inside. So I sat at Not Mick Fleetwood's table again. And uh, the late owner's daughter was breakfasting with her husband and two young kids. This morning, the little girl really looks like her grandmother, the late owner, the same distinctive thin nostrils and pinched facial features. And there was... um, you know, you can't help but hear eavesdrop, I suppose, conversations when you're on your own in the cafe and you've got no distractions. And I was trying to work on uh, my latest project in longhand, but I could hear this troubling conversation. The late owner's son was speaking to his sister about the, the, the troubles relating to the staff getting more rest because they do have a punishing schedule there and it's why they close on a Tuesday now. They can't find a, a backup chef and he was talking about how physically demanding the job is for these waiters. And he's been running recce's around local restaurants, seeing how these restaurants operate. And I kind of got the impression that if he could, the cafe aspect of the cafe would be sidelined in favor of the restaurant where the money is. And it would kill me if they did that. And he was just talking about what local cafes, really well-known ones do and how they their peak hours tend to be from 1,600 hours in the evening until midnight. And, you know, everything is built around the restaurant aspect of the eatery. Now, the cafe is, of course, a restaurant and cafe, although I've only used the restaurant once. And you can have your meal in the cafe anyway. But I, I get the impression that... Well, also, I heard that the restaurant is under threat. I think they'd need to change their license, they were saying. I think there is the danger that it's going to start to stray from the late owner's original vision for the cafe, its place in the community. I think that's already started happening, but it's been relatively stable and freezing the prices as well has been a good move. It's it's been a move that shows they have the community's interest at heart up until now. They know the impact of this on the local community. And if when you reopen, you're bumping your prices up, that's not you know that's not going to get you your old clientele back and uh, the late owner's daughter's husband was talking about you know where the money is it's you know get the TVs in and show football in the place which the cafe already does and he says you know whatever football people will watch it I hope it doesn't really turn into one of those places I really do because the cafe I think except for maybe the odd Champions League night involving Portuguese teams and you know the Euros and the World Cup it's never been that kind of place I think 
So much has been lost, say, with pubs that over the last 20 years have been uh, built around, you know, showing football. It's just completely changed what pubs were. And I hope the cafe doesn't go down that route. I think that they were also talking about looking at possible premises in Pimlico where the late owner's son lives, I think, with his dad. They were, you know, they were from just across the river. And I know that that part of Pimlico has been hit quite hard by the pandemic with a couple of places closing down. But, uh, you know, I think he's looking at the cafe's peak hours being from the late afternoon onwards. And he was talking about, so the staff would have to be here for that time. There are no excuses and they would get their dinner here. They'd have their lunch break here in the evening. And... uh, unless they're going to get more staff, which really are they when we're in a pandemic and they're probably losing money despite the fact they're doing very well at the moment. Um, It concerns me. I'd rather not have heard that conversation because without that place, I'd probably be lost. Although it's probably the only thing that would keep me around this area is that cafe. But I know that I'll never find another place like it, not in this country. And that finally, that is the end of today's show. Now it's time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. Keep ventilating too. Goodbye, August. Weather-wise, you are an absolute joke. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson, and this start of the week, I have been available. 